Hi everyone, Dr. Axe here. I am so excited to introduce you to today's co-host of my show, Naomi Whittle. Naomi is a pioneer in the beauty and nutrition industries. She has founded several successful wellness brands, is an expert in diet, herbal medicine, and longevity. And Naomi has traveled the world, including Europe and Asia, studying natural health and finding rare exotic superfoods to help people heal and fight disease. She's also made it her personal mission to better the lives of women by empowering them to take control of their health. Naomi is someone I really trust and admire, and I am thrilled to have her here today. I hope you enjoy her wisdom on today's show. Hello, everybody. I am extremely thrilled and excited to introduce you to Ryland Engelhart. You've probably heard about his incredible work. Maybe you've been to his restaurants in the past. We're going to talk about his, his work around regenerative agriculture, his documentaries, and so much more. I am thrilled to have you with me today, and I'm going to cherish every single moment of this conversation. I just can't wait. Um, start by telling the Dr. Axe audience that's all thrilled to have you here um, just a little bit about your background and sort of what brought you into this moment. And hello. <laughs> that's my wife, Sarah. This is my, my tiny, my tiny office. Hi, uh, Sarah. So nice to meet you. Uh, this is my, my tiny office, uh, little work space I love uh, it. here in, in Fillmore, California, uh, living on a 17 acre farm called Soa Heart Farm mm. uh, that my sister and her husband, Elias, and their three kids live on. And then also me and my wife and my son, Rumi, live on. Wow, and- Rumi, what a name. Yeah, he's been one of the luminaries and sort of words of inspiration, um, weaving the connection between this reality, the material reality and divinity uh, together and making sense of that relationship. And um, yeah, Kiss the Ground, as you mentioned, the name Kiss the Ground actually is from a Rumi quote, uh, which says, let the beauty you love be all that you do there's hundreds of ways to kneel and kiss the ground. And so, yeah, um, yeah, my, my intention for this podcast is that, um, yeah, we are connected to our hearts and we're connected to, um, yeah, the gifts and the ways that we um, can kiss the ground. And, um, and there's so many, so many ways that we can do that. And they're oftentimes much smaller and less grandiose grandiose than we think. And it's actually just being connected to those little things um, that gives us the connectivity and the strength to take on bigger things um, and bigger commitments. So um, thanks, Naomi. And thanks, um, yeah, to Dr. Axe community for the opportunity to share. And um, it's a joy to be with you um and uh share a little bit of my story i'm thrilled really thrilled about it so you're on 17 acres you're you're there with with your family which is so important i think now more than ever you know we were talking before we went on air here just a little bit about the challenges around fear that um have such a big impact on our lives and we know that when we're in a state of fight or flight which is often induced by that sense of fear that our um, parasympathetic nervous system isn't able to do what it naturally wants to do. So we're not detoxifying naturally. We're not, our immune system isn't functioning at the same level. And so being able to feel the fears that we may be going through um, at all different levels and having some of the tools that help us to release that can help us to upregulate our parasympathetic nervous system, which ultimately allows us to be creative, to be healthy, to experience that well-being. And there's so many ways to do it. Starting with the roomy piece of work and, and I'm completely in alignment with you, how the divine and, and 
really what we're experiencing in the material world can come together through his work. I mean, it's so phenomenal. I, I um, have been a fan my entire life. In fact, I was just listening the other day. I don't know if you've ever listened to, um, it's called A Gift of Love that Deepak Chopra did. He took Rome, some of uh, Rumi's work and then he um, put it onto music and, and worked with different speakers. And it's if you haven't heard it, you have to listen to it because it's very, very, very transformative mm. um, for anyone. I think it's in, in many ways some of Deepak's like greatest, greatest work. And he did it probably 20, 25 years ago or something, quite some time. But with the work that you're doing and with this ability to um, focus on sort of like releasing some of that fear that so many of us are dealing with, with all of the changes in our world today. Give us some practical sort of inputs. When you look at your day, like you woke up this morning and you started your day and you're doing all sorts of different things and it's 4.30 in the afternoon here, it's 1.30 in the afternoon where you are. How have you kiss the ground how have you um really embraced that mindset yeah um thank you for the question and yeah the opportunity to share and you know just start by saying that we're all we're all experiencing our own realities of um challenge and fear and concern and um you know and i'll just share you know intimately and personally for me this was definitely the most um, emotionally um, and even physically challenging year of my life. Um, you know, I had two surgeries um, that were induced by emotional stress and panic and concern. It, it's been a lot of tumultuous and intense. And, you know, and honestly, I, I've been like for my life, I've been the most buoyant optimistic like guy not just for me but for like my whole family my community i've been like counted on as like the 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 buoyant optimist in the room always and i got shaken up i got the shakedown to the breakdown this year um so just you know again uh, creating space for, you know, where people are at and what they're experiencing. And, um, you know, there's so many, I guess, ways to kind of communicate towards this, but, you know, the thing that just feels authentic in this moment is, you know, the, the idea of being able to surrender. Um, Cause I think so much of our fear and our concern and our anxiety is, is, is mentally, physically holding on to some idea or some attachment. Um, and the, you know, through, through all the different, you know, moments of life and, you know, ways that, um, you know, I, I've explored, explored consciousness, this idea of being able to surrender um, and, and humble ourselves and letting go of that we that we actually don't know, um, and being okay with that, um, you know, I, I think you know one of the big things that has come up this year is just, um, you know, and I've heard you know others speak to this, just that our relationship to death um, is, you know, it's so unknown, and you know, we have such a, you know, it, it, it we 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 hold so much fear around it. Um, because of the, the the superlative unknown and the um, you know there's just there's just so much fear ar around death and uh, we it's it's for sure coming for us all and um, again by no means am I in some transcendent relationship to death that it's like no big deal it's not I'm, uh, but just exploring you know having this conversation is me exploring the idea for myself of just, um, yeah, um, that it, it's all going to go away. Everything that we're clinging on to, everything that we think that we are, everything that, we, you know, um, is all going to go away. And that's, that's, that's without a doubt that's happening. Um, so now that we can even just like breathe into that, that's, that is the inevitable. 
um, you know, is there a space, is there a little more space for being present and being uh, able to, um, you know, be in a, in a space of creativity and aliveness and presence and gratitude, um, you know, as, as far as, you know, practices that are really highly embedded in my life, um, you know, I, I would say, you know, coming from uh, 15 years of running Cafe Gratitude, a restaurant that his whole premise was to really bring um, people into a state of gratitude through service and food, and that really being the point. Um, and just the understanding for myself uh, that mostly my mind is, uh, is, is like looking to fill the void of something's, something's missing, something's wrong. I'm not enough. Uh, the world's not enough. I got to do more. I got to be more. I got to get more. Excuse me. Um, and when we're grateful is like, it, it's, it's, it's actually the breath of fresh air of fulfillment. Like when we're grateful, we're in the fullness of a moment where we're actually in a full awareness of something that actually is in our lives already nothing needs to be added. And in that awareness of that thing being full, uh, we experience uh, a gratefulness and in, in, in actually soothing that, that inherent clinging or, or, or trying to fill the void or the hungry ghost, as the Buddhists call it. Mm. Um, so, um, you know, I have a three-year-old son, my wife, and we just were, were, um, you know, we're, we, we just love leaning on and bringing ourselves into the, the practice and the remembrance of gratitude. Um, you know, whether before we go to bed, you know, in, you know, while we're laid in, laid in, nestled in the bed or, you know, around our meals, uh, holding hands and, um, and just, you know, bringing, bringing ourselves into a state of awareness uh, of gratitude for that, which we do have and uh, allowing that to um, inform our next action and our next thought. And um, so I'd say that's, you know, one of, one of our, our, our big family practices. Um, and then just actually yesterday, uh, I, was on, I was in a call with a friend and he just reminded me, he said, Rylan, uh, don't forget your heart. And, um, you know, it's like, it's amazing how simple and obvious, you know, oh yeah, my heart. Um, but that, that moment was just this reminder that, um, yeah, when we're connected to our heart, which our heart is this center, this portal um, to the feeling of love and also gratitude and that that connection is always an inner connection. There's no world that shapes our relationship to our heart. There's no circumstance. There's no new broadcast. There's no thing happening in the world. Um, and so, you know, the, the idea that, um, you know, at times, you know, when the, the world is going through transformation that looks scary and materiality is changing, we don't understand things. Um, you know, it makes me think about the, 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 the way that songs, um, you know, and either like gospel music during mm -hmm. slavery um, and the songs of, um, you know, connecting to that divinity within, um, you know, would give people strength. Um, and so also singing, uh, me and my wife and my son love to sing. Uh, and, you know, my wife's a good singer. I'm not a good singer, <laughs> but I just the the joy of being able to um again connect to uh this well within and expressing creativity and we're in creation we're not in reaction um we're not in defense we're not in protect we're in creation um and so i love you know that that act of singing um there's a a song called um 
ancestors, star people, we're all here today. Feel my heart song, feel my respect, feel my love. These are grateful tears falling. We are truly blessed. We are truly blessed. Blessed, we are blessed, we are blessed, we are blessed. We are truly blessed. So singing songs. Oh, you. Even if you sing out of tune or out of key, it, it, it connects you to a, a, a place. Yeah. It's so, so, true. so true about music, you know, and, and what you were saying about gratitude, like uh, having had that focus with Cafe Gratitude for, what did you say, how many years? 15 years. 15 years. That daily focus on the meaning of, of what that is, you know, it just is so empowering for us as individuals to be able to have that sort of foundational relationship to gratitude and it it's mind-blowing I know just even in the past few months I've I do all sorts of different things for gratitude but there's so many ways to to go there and I like you like I'll snuggle up in my bed with my I have three little boys my daughter's at um college now and every day I'll always write like the five things that I'm grateful for that day. I'll just type, I'll type it into my notes, whatever it is. And I'll wake up in the morning and I'm like excited to think, oh, I can't wait. Cause I, I only get to pick five, right? Mm. We could do a lot more in an average day, but I do this practice. I've been doing it for several months now. And it's like an honoring of gratitude, right? Mm. This honoring. And there's so many ways for everyone that's that's tuning in right now, you can just think about whatever resonates with you individually and then what that does for that sense of well-being and that release of that fear and that unknown that that we're experiencing, you know, globally, um, collectively. So what you're saying about music and the tonality that comes with music, right? I'm, I'm good friends with a, a, a guy by the name of Roger Love. I don't know if you're familiar with Roger, but Roger is like the world's greatest voice coach. Hmm. And it's not about that perfect pitch or whatever. It's about like what you just brought forth that came straight from your heart. And that vibration came out of your mouth. And so the work that Roger Love does is all about amplifying that tonality, that sound, because each cell in our body resonates with that yeah. powerful sound. So we should all be singing every day, regardless of what it sounds like. It's just, it's that powerful, right? Like that chanting, that intention, that, that vibration. Yeah. I, I, I had dinner with um, some older friends and a new friend last night at Cafe Gratitude in Venice. And um, the woman who was the guest who I had never met before, um, a woman named Ronnie, uh, she, she was saying, that um, each of us um, are, are each of us has a life song so that like our life is a song Ooh. and um, it was just a beautiful way to articulate um, yeah that that our life is a song and um, just you know I don't know why it stuck with me but it was just a, a powerful potent illustration of uh, seeing that how we show up, how we communicate, um, is this, is, is, is this, um, is these verses of this song. And so I just loved it. As wow. A, as that's, an that's really beautiful. It's like what Ernest Hemingway did. Um, he was, I guess it was like a little thing that he was doing with other authors where they were trying to come up with the shortest story and so he came up with the six word story and it's very famous. And I've, I was trained by uh, a business mentor of mine many years ago, like to come up with my own six word story. So Ernest Hemingway's was um, uh, baby, sh 
uh, for sale baby shoes never worn. And it makes you cry, right? Like those words, those simple six words, but it's having that song of your life or having those six words. Like I developed those six words a long time ago. It, it does something for our consciousness that, that can really mm-hmm. help us on the life path that we're on and the journey that we're on and to elevate that sense of well-being and, and good health and a good mindset. And I love this idea of the song. I think you should write yours and, and your little son, Rumi, and your wife should also do theirs. How cool. Hey guys, a lot of people ask me what supplements I take regularly. And one of the top three products I take every single day is SBO Probiotics from Ancient Nutrition. It's the whole food supplement brand I co-founded with Jordan Rubin. Now I talk about my passion for SBOs, also known as soil-based organisms frequently. In general, SBO probiotics are so important because they are shelf-stable probiotics that are naturally resistant to the harsh environment of our upper digestive tract and our stomach. Now, Ancient Nutrition's SBO probiotics support a healthy digestive system and your immune system. Plus, we add superfoods and herbs for an extra boost. And by the way, that's key. The herbs with the probiotics together, that's the ancient way to create a healthy gut and digestive system. Check out Ancient Nutrition's SBO probiotics online or in store today. The, the other thing that's emerging is just um, we, within Kiss the Ground, the organization, um, and we did this also with management at Cafe Gratitude, was um, creating a calling for each, each individual who works in the organization um, in a leadership role, uh, creates their calling uh, as a way to align their... Um, you know, their, their, their mind and their behavior and their activity um, with something that is their North Star. Um, and, you know, we kind of get a sense of like, okay, well, I guess it might be this or that, or my purpose is this, but to articulate a calling um, in a particular way so that you can come back to it as, oh, wow, I'm lost. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of flapping in the wind what is, you know, what is my calling and kind of that process of getting to the calling is really about uh, looking and asking ourselves questions about moments in our lives where we experienced a, a personally um, verifiable experience where we were completely fulfilled. We were completely touched, moved and inspired. We were feeling the exuberance of joy, the givingness of uh, ourselves fully. There was no time. It was, you know, it, it was these, these moments. And then articulating what was present in those moments um, and, 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 then, and then shaping uh, a calling being that the calling starts with an experience that is an apex experience for us um, through, our, through our history and our life. And then, you know, wanting, you know, ultimately what we, what we have as an apex experience, we want others to have that experience. Our greatest joy is giving the greatest joy that we've had to others, um, you know, if we, if we really, you know, broke it down. And so, um, you know, when I was 24, me and my dad went and got tattoos on our arms um, facing ourselves uh, that say, be love. Um, oh, and wow. you, both was, did the same, you did the same, like on one side is B and one side is love. Yeah. On, the, on, the, on one side oh. is B. Um, and it's facing myself, uh, as a, it's like, uh, the, 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 the movie memento where the, um, the, the guy was kind of every night he'd lose his memory. He'd have amnesia about, you know, who he was and what he was doing and he'd leave little sticky notes. So, um, so, I would, I, I had the thought of, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to have amnesia many times through my life and uh, I'm going to forget the point And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to put this here as a, as a remembrance of, oh, my life is about being love. And the mind 
the mind is so like, well, what do you mean? What is the, what being love? What is that? What is that going to produce in the world? What is that really going to provide? What is, you know, uh, what, what are, what are the measurable results from that? Um, And so, you know, the mind wants to just sort of egoically take that down. Um, But, you know, so my calling is people are awakened to love. Um, and that's, you know, the, the greatest joy that I get is being able to be with people um, and have them experience the presence of love um, becoming alive and real um, within them, within their own selves, within their own hearts. And then, with, you know, within the dynamic or the conversation or interaction uh, that we're having. Um, so wow. um, that's, wow. that's another another practice is the practice and remembrance of, um, oh, yeah. Rylan, the whole point of life is to be a presence of love. And then my, well, what do you mean? No, what else are you looking for, Rylan? What else do you want to experience? Oh, okay, 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 okay. No, but what, uh, but how's that going to work? How, how am I going to make money? <laughs> uh, um, so anyways, that's, that's another um, practice is just the practice of wherever, wherever I show up, um, remembering to be a presence of love and that, you know, with my wife, with my son, um, with, um, those that are easy to love and those that are uh, very difficult to love. And so that's another practice practice. I think about, um, the Dalai Lama. I think about the Dalai Lama a lot, probably on a daily basis and, and just his message, right. Of love, of compassion, of this, of the sense of interconnectedness that it's, it's truly all about. And just the work that he does in the world, that total commitment to love, right? Hmm. I love that you have this on your arm facing yourself, because if we think about ourselves, like you think about your son, Rumi, and the words and the expression of love that you have for him, and how you hold him and how you cuddle him and all of that, being able to do that for ourselves, right? Like what's the greatest way for us to to feel our, our healthiest, our purest versions of ourselves is really to be love toward ourselves in the same way that we would be to our beautiful children or someone else in our lives. I think that in and of itself, just that focus of when there is that fear or that negative self-talk or whatever it might be, how am I going to do this? How is that? How will this work? You just remind yourself, like, how would I be if I, if it were outward facing towards somebody that I love? Okay. That's the same exact way I'm going to treat myself. I'm not going to put myself on that back burner. And I think, you know, for so many people that, that listen in today, many of them are mothers. They're concerning their lives with their children, with their families, with the amount of things that we have to do, you know, and especially with COVID and people having to work from home and all of that, that we were talking about being able to just be in that place of love, being love for oneself and giving that extra comfort and snuggle up and all those sort of things that we can really do for ourselves is, is probably one of the really big opportunities that have come through this process. I'm fascinated. I was fascinated when I was um, reading about some of the principles around kiss the ground and the regeneration that you show in your documentary and and then the coursework that you have will you tell us a little bit about it because i want the audience to really be able to hear your words learn from this and then when they want to explore more into your world like how do they bring it into their own lives and and what are some of the things they can do and we'll put a lot in the show notes but but i'm really intrigued about the coursework that you offer yeah thank you so Again, I don't, I don't know how much, um, you know, the audience is familiar with uh, regeneration, regenerative agriculture, um, but it really is um, one of the most exciting opportunities um, that I see on the planet um, as an emerging movement and 
um, you know, consciousness. And so, you know, I'm thrilled to, yeah, I'm thrilled to be able to share this with um, your audience, but uh, I guess to just take it back, you know, um, to 10 years ago, I had a, I was in New Zealand at a healthy living conference um, in Auckland, uh, watching a panel discussion of scientists and experts talking about, can human beings sustain themselves on planet earth? And basically the, the, the collective answer was no, uh, that we, that we can't. And, um, you know, that was inside of a sort of a particular paradigm of thinking. Um, and then the, 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 the last person who spoke was a guy by the name of Graham Sate. And he basically articulated that human beings mostly think, um, you know, inside of what we've created within technology and um, engineering and, um, you know, that which we've manipulated from nature, um, but not thinking of ourselves as a organism in nature, mm -hmm. um, that we are, that we, that we are a, a probiotic of the, the biome of the planet, that we are a, uh, a keystone species of the biome of the planet, uh, and that we, as human beings, could play a role in the way that um, bison play a role um, in uh, a healthy prairie ecosystem that led to the most healthy soils on the planet um, because of their inter connection and relationship of being moved by, you know, predators and roving over grasslands over, you know, thousands of years um, and how that larger cycle that they were a part of created this fecundity of life. And what this guy Graham State communicated was that essentially, no, we can't sustain ourselves on planet earth because sustain is only defining uh, doing less harm and um, basically um, minimizing the impacts that we're, we're, we're making. But the reality is we've, we've already broken so much about our ecosystems. So the distinction sustain is kind of ahead of its time. We, we wanna sustain life, yes, but we need to regenerate what we've broken, just like our human bodies, we need to regenerate, um, you know, whether it's through, um, you know, uh, eating, eating, um, you know, cultured foods, um, uh, yogurts and ferments yes. and kimchi and, you know, or probiotics or fecal transplants or uh, however we get the right biology back in our guts that have been sterilized or have been, um, you know, degraded through, you know, the many ways that, um, that, that, that healthy diverse biology can get degraded. Um, you know, it's the same thing, you know, what we've done to our guts, we've done to our, our lands, our agricultural lands. Um, but basically what Graham said to just get to the point, um, sorry, I'm Mr. Tangent. Oh, this is great. Uh, um, but basically what he, what he communicated is that if we could think as part of nature and we could think that we manage one third of the, the, the land of planet Earth um, through agriculture, we could actually, that mechanism of agriculture and the mechanism of photosynthesis could actually be the precise, um, most practical, economical, feasible technology to draw down enough carbon to balance, um, you know, uh, climate change, global warming, uh, and that by doing it, we could actually take the problem of car too much carbon in our atmosphere put it safely in the ground through the plants, photosynthesizing, sharing it through the roots into the microorganisms in the soil, those microorganisms eating that carbon, they, that becomes their bodies, that becomes stored, you know, uh, humus in the soil. And that um, the, the problem of too much carbon could be the solution of healing our soils and that the glue, the carbon glues that the plants put in the soil could actually glue the soil back together in an mm -hmm. aggregated healthy way, such that we could have water infiltration, more nutritional density, you know, filtering the water that's going through the soil like a carbon filter, um, you know, all these, the, the, the kind of just this myriad of 
um, benefits. And, um, and, and, and it was just like, it was this moment of clarity and oh my godness. And this is, and I, and I've been, I'd been peddling and selling organic vegan food. And I thought I was like a, you know, a, a, a very knowledgeable about, about sustainability and climate change and what we could do. And yeah, we got a no plastic straws and, you know, um, you know, the, the, you know, uh, you know, compost. Yeah, that's good. Um, but didn't really get this very fundamental principle, which is nature's principle, which is regeneration. And that essentially we as human beings have been playing, playing a game that's been totally uh, destructive and not working within this fundamental reality of nature, which is this um, architecture of regeneration. And so that moment just awakened my mind in a way where I was like, oh my God, this is the most compelling opportunity that I've ever seen on planet earth. And I, I can't believe I, I thought I was knowledgeable. And the fact that I've never heard this idea um, makes me think many, most people haven't. And yet we're all scratching our heads thinking about like, okay, yeah, we know we need to, you know, decarbonize our, you know, energy and our, um, you know, our, our transportation, but you know, how, what do we do with the over almost, you know, 415 parts per million of carbon in the atmosphere, creating ocean acidification. Oh my God, overwhelm, overwhelm. Uh, and I was like, Oh my God, nature can inhale that carbon down and heal our soils. And we just have to play our right role in that process. And everyone who eats can actually participate in that revolution. Oh my God, that's exciting. Um, that's like, you know, that, that, that's like, that's an idea, idea whose time has come. That's like, Oh my God, that like, that just makes sense. People get that. Um, and so I, I, I just came back to California after being in New Zealand and having that moment. And I just, I, I just couldn't, it was an idea that I couldn't shake. I had been mm. stung by a bug um, that I couldn't, um, you know, I, I just couldn't shake it. And I just became this, um, you know, proselytizer, minister of, you know, soil. Do you know about soil? Um, and that turned into, you know, a, a, a little nonprofit that was, you know, built in my living room and then my garage. And then, um, you know, it's, it's grown to where we're now, you know, 21 people who are part of the organization in different parts of the country. Um, and essentially, yeah, we're an education advocacy uh, nonprofit um, really awakening people to the possibilities of regeneration. Uh, and we basically have created four programs, uh, four ways that we uh, enable transformation. Um, because we really, we, we saw like this is, this, this could be one of the biggest social mm -hmm. environmental movements right. of, um, of our lifetime. Like the, the realization that a generation or a humanity could get that we could participate in the regeneration of this beautiful, precious planet Earth that we are a part of, and that, that we, we actually, that, that there's a way and a process and a, a fundamental reality of how that could happen. And, you know, again, that it's not like it's a new idea. It's something that, you know, many cultures have been part of their fundamental viewpoint. Many indigenous cultures around the world knew that they, were um, a you know a part of that greater ecosystem that their role not wasn't just extracting something but they were actually yes they were taking something from that ecosystem but they were also participating in a way that had that ecosystem continue to heal and regenerate and 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 proliferate um, and so um, so yeah so basically the nonprofit was born. Um, seven years ago, we first started out uh, as a, a media and storytelling company, mm -hmm. um, creating content. Um, we were like, all right, you know, the, the way that this the, the sort of social movements work is you got to start with awareness. People got to, you know, and then, and then, you know, how do you go from awareness to sort of behavioral change? Um, and then from behavioral change, then, you know, policy and government follow or, you know, kind of awareness and then, you know, sort of brands, private sector, entrepreneurship, businesses start, you know, um, trying to 
um, follow that awareness and offer products and things that um, would would help people support that awareness or that idea. Um, and then, you know, finally, the third phase would be, you know, kind of legislation and and um, policy to support the implementation and the 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 guiding, um, you know, that new idea forward into, um, you know, structural, um, you know, implementation. So, um, yeah, we started off, we, we created, um, we've created over 60 short films. We continue to create media yes. content to, um, to, to, to share the stories, you know, because we thought how to, you know, the, the mission really, what we were inspired about, like, we're not farmers, we're not ranchers, we're not, um, scientists, we're not even academics, um, but we we saw that we were good um, advocates. We were good evangelists. We were good, um, you know, communicators. And you know, even you know, really beautiful ideas or brilliant things. If there's not uh, a, a plan for good, you know, communication around it, it usually sits on the shelf and or it doesn't doesn't grow. So we were like, all right, well, how can we be the 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 uh, the propaganda and the um, and the, you know, the PR agency for soil farmers and regenerative agriculture. How do we tell, how do we get their story to be cool? How do we make farmers cool? How do we make uh, soil something that we have reverence for? How do we get, you know, in the way that hugging trees, you know, still has a little bit of cliche, but it's become a, 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 a meme tree hugger. You know, we wanted to create, oh, let's kiss, let's be kiss the grounders. You know, let's get, let's, let's get, let's get a, a a culture to, to understand the importance of kissing the ground. Um, so anyways, um, storytelling, media content, educational content being used, you know, from, you know, middle schools, um, to, to, you know, um, presentations for, um, you know, um, governments communicating ideas, you know, we, we wanted to create, you know, tools, great communication tools for the world to use, to communicate this awakening message that we had and how do we, how do we give that awakening message to the most people possible um, so that things could transform from there. So that, that went from, and then we, then we started doing um, a farmland program where we offer scholarships to farmers uh, and ranchers who are wanting to make the transition um, to a more holistic, regenerative soil centered agriculture and knowing that, you know, farmers are, you know, a barely a break-even business. 90% of farmers have an off-farm income. Um, and so it's difficult to fund, you know, outside of the, what you need to do. Um, you know, how do we, you know, how, do, how would one get, you know, funding to do, uh, you know, to give the confidence to do it um, a new method, a new way. And so we created a farmland program that helps farmers um, get educated through, you know, scholarshiping education, to some of the best educators um, on how to do regenerative agriculture. And then a new part of that program is also around giving micro grants for farmers who have come through our education um, to then how to improve their infrastructure to support a more diversified um, agricultural system. Um, wow. And so that's, that's the farmland program. And then just to wrap it up, then we also have a, uh, and again, this is kind of what would probably be most relevant to our audience here is we have a soil advocacy or what we call our stewardship program. Yeah. And really we want to make um, everyone participants in the regenerative movement. Um, and so how do we give people the communication tools and skills to be the voice um, of regeneration? Uh, and so we have a program called SAT soil advocacy training, kind of like Al Gore's climate reality training. Um, you know, training people to be the voice and the advocates and the spokespeople for uh, regeneration and wherever they are planted in their communities, they get to see, okay, how does this education knowledge apply to my context and how I could move, you know, some projects forward um, in service of regeneration, uh, whether that's a composting program at my church, whether that's, you know, supporting a local farmer, you know, getting, um, you know, being more connected to their customers in my, in my county, um, you know, whether it's, you know, going out with, you know, and creating some social video, social media videos for, um, you know, a, a farmer that's doing really cool things such that to have him be a success. 
um, or an artist doing a mural that really communicates this. So it really gives people the tools and the, um, the knowledge to be a confident voice um, to articulate and move their immediate community in service of regeneration. Um, and so we have the soil advocacy training, and then we have two courses around regenerative gardening. If you wanted to take the, the sort of practical tools of regenerative land management into a windowsill, a, a yes. garden in your backyard oh, or your backyard, uh, how do you bring those principles of regeneration into a practical um, home applied uh, life um, so that you can participate in, you know, this idea of managing land that's actually sequestering carbon and, um, and being a, a, a solution versus, you know, wondering what you could do um, and giving people something they can do. Um, so that's our, that's our stewardship program. We have three evergreen kind of masterclass courses. Um, and then we just have a ton, we've, we've built our website really to be a resource center, um, you know, for science and um, other NGOs that, you know, people can participate in and classes. There's just a ton of resources on our website um, that can really have anyone wherever you are in your life, be able to plug into the regenerative movement. Um, and, then, I love it. and then the last thing is, um, we have a policy department and we've really been, you know, kind of moved powerfully into that over the last um, sort of two years, uh, really looking, you know, with the success of the la in the film in the last, um, you know, the film, that's kind of the, the easiest lift is everybody go watch the Kiss the Ground film and get your pants, um, you know, get your socks knocked off because it's really a, a phenomenal film. Um, it's, it's hopeful. It's inspiring. It's a documentary that leaves you feeling like, Yes, we can do something. This is awesome. Um, so, um, but the 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 kind of um, the policy uh, program is really um, gearing up. Post the film, five million views. We won fifty film festivals, uh, over a billion media impressions. So, uh, in forty countries, twenty five languages, wow. fifteen thousand teachers have downloaded the 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 the, the classroom version of it. Um, and are teaching, uh, there's a curriculum. So if you're a teacher, there's a free 45 minute cut and a curriculum to bring into classrooms um, that, um, that, that is really powerful. Uh, and then, um, yeah, the, the, the big idea was like, okay, how do we go from this moment of momentum around awareness to um, political will and policy change? And we thought, all right, isn't there something called the farm bill that um, really dictates our food system, but no one really cares about it or no one really knows about it. Or no one really, um, you know, it's hard, it's hard to kind of even think how we could, you know, impact it or, um, and sure, there's lots of organizations that have been working on it, you know, in, in little ways and, and probably in big ways that maybe I don't even know about, but um, not to invalidate anybody's efforts because I know people are doing amazing work, but um, really our, our idea was how do we create um, a campaign that brings um, a massive coalition together, uh, a, a grassroots movement, um, and, um, and bringing um, really beautifully well-produced content to that coalition and grassroots movement to guide um, the political will to really have the American public going, wow, regenerative agriculture is a big deal and it's compelling it's creating a future that we all want for our families. It's helpful for human health and it's helpful for climate health. Wow, two things that seem very important at this moment. Um, wow, $480 billion of taxpayers' money goes to the farm bill, shaping our farming system. Wow, I'd be up for that changing and, and supporting regenerative agriculture and healthy soil. Um, and so how do we get uh, a coalition um, behind six priorities um, that correlate to the 12 bill or the 12 titles of the farm bill and create a massive um, unprecedented public awareness campaign around what we're calling regenerate America mm. soil is our common ground um, at a moment of separation and polarization. Can we come together that healthy soil is the thing that we all stand on no matter who we are, what our belief systems are and that feeds us uh, healthy food, which we absolutely all need, and also uh, can produce clean water and, 
you know, sequester carbon and, and, and be a force for balancing our climate. And yeah. so um, it's really, you know, our, our goal is that we can create a unprecedented continuum of awareness for regenerative agriculture um, and simultaneously working with um, uh, legislators, lawmakers, people who work, who are part of uh, the House or Senate ag committees um, to, to um, understand healthy soil and allow us to help them and allow us to, you know, get the public really be behind um, some championing um, legislators that really get this. And so we're, we're, we're building out farm tours where we're hosting farmers and our farmers mm -hmm. and ranchers are hosting uh, legislators in their districts to, um, um, to have an aha moment of, wow, I get it. Well, this is, this is powerful. This is real. This is potent. Um, you know, um, and, and really, you know, again, we, we understand that the, the, you know, the entanglement of commerce and lobbyists and interests in things staying the same are, you know, it's, a, it's on some level, it looks like a battle unwinnable. Um, but on the other side, um, as Paul Hawken said, you know, people are starting to see the end of the road. We can't just keep kicking the can down the road saying, yeah, yeah, you know, let's continue to serve, you know, uh, shareholders profits as the, the sole focus and, you know, kind of talk out of the other side of our mouth that we're, you know, doing something sustainable um, to keep people kind of like, yeah, we're, 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 we're good. You can keep purchasing, yeah. but you know, we're at a time where we're one, the customer is more skeptical. Um, and even those that are in charge are seeing that we can't, we can't be in inertia of non-action. And so we're hoping that there is a historic moment of transformation and that we can garner a huge, um, you know, field of the public that really gets this and um, is advocating for uh, this initiative that soil is our common ground, uh, that we can regenerate America, that a nation who destroys their soil destroys themselves and a nation that rebuilds them soil rebuilds themselves. And so, um, yeah, no, it's so true. Well, thank you so much, Rylan. This has been um, practical and also very inspirational. And uh, we're going to put all of the connections in the show notes. We can't wait to embrace your work. And, and I know that so many of the people that are listening today and watching today have seen your work and it's just a beautiful opportunity to expand into um, Dr. Axe's audience and share it. So I just, I thank you so much and I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. Thank you so much, Naomi. This has been, um, yeah, joyful and thanks for being the space to share and um, thanks for allowing me to, um, you know, connect with your audience and share uh, that we we all can kiss the ground, and may oh. we may we may we all kiss the ground together in our own unique ways. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to go to my recent Instagram post and let me know what your favorite part of the show was. Also, don't forget to follow me at Dr. Josh Axe there on Insta, where I cover the latest health trends, natural medicine, and so much more. Also, if you're loving this podcast, do me a big favor, head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Thanks so much for being on mission with me. See you next week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.